All right, friend, let us do this before we get interrupted by our small people, okay? Yes. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. On October 17th, we will be taking on another episode of Books and Food. This time, it'll be pizza. Tune in for some fun. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of cool perks available, from our mini-series and monthly episode picking poll to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge shout-out and thank you to our patrons, the Pirate Queen, Sam, Megan, and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. And here we go. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Today, we're going to talk about The Last Cinemary Good Crow by Rachel Aaron, which is a brand new book by an author that we dearly love. Um, She wrote Nice Dragons Finished Last, the DFC um, trilogy, I believe, Mm -hmm. and some other ones. And this is her newest adventure that we have entered. Abby, can you give us a quick summary? Sure thing. Hungry darkness, haunted guns, tunnels that move like snakes. The crystal mines of Medicine Rocks, Montana, are a place only the bravest and greediest dare. Discovered in 1866, the miraculous rock known as crystal quickly rose to become the most expensive substance on the planet, driving thousands to break the treaties and invade the sacred buffalo lands of the Sioux. But mining crystal risks more than an arrow to the chest. The beautiful rock has a voice of its own, a voice that twists minds and calls unnatural powers. A voice that turns men into monsters. Mary Goodcrow hears it. Half white, half Lakota. Rejected by both, she's forged a new life guiding would-be miners through the treacherous caves. To her ears, the crystal sings a beautiful song, one that men she guides would gladly burn her as a witch for hearing. So, when an heiress from Boston arrives with a proposition that could change her life, Mary agrees to push deeper into the caves than she's ever dared. But there are secrets buried in the deep caves that even Mary doesn't know. The further she goes, the closer she gets to the voice that's been calling her all this time. A voice that could change the bloody story of the West or destroy it. Um, um, Excellent summary. Good job. Goodreads. Excellent summary, Goodreads. We appreciate you for all the help that you've given us. So... This is a completely different adventure than what we're used to. I don't think it's set anywhere in the um, dragons like storylines, right? Like this is completely. Yeah, this is, it's a fictional wild west, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not connected to her other series to my knowledge. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got. So we have a slew of characters that we in this story, we have Mary Goodcrow, which um, obviously Abby just covered, who, who can hear the crystal. She is a guide in the caves. She's half white, half Indian. She a little skittish, doesn't really like people, but she sure does like the crystals. We have Rel Rayner, who is an orphan set on revenge. They are a sharpshooter and wear all black. And you just don't want to cross them at all because they're probably going to shoot you and that's a bad thing um we have josephine josie price the niece of the rich and famous sam price and his heir 
we have mentioned a lot, though he's not actually in the book, Sam Price, a self-made millionaire who set up the Price Mining Company in Medicine Rocks, Montana. He is important for the fact that he basically um, propels the story and the plot a lot of the time. We have my here, uh, Sam Price's right-hand man. We have Apache Jake, the right-hand of the owner of the local whorehouse. Um, yeah, yeah, that, it's one of those kind of books. Um, we have Lieutenant um, John Jack Lucas, a French inf infantry lieutenant currently stationed with the soldiers at Medicine Rocks. Well, those are our main cast of characters. And of course, we have um, bandits and we have prostitutes and we have all the things that you have in the wild, wild west. Yes. And this book is very different than her others because all of her others have been fantasy and sci-fi. And this is like a fantasy western, which is not something I've ever read before. Yes. Um, so it was kind of fun. Totally different. Really enjoyed that vibe. And uh, well, now we actually need to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to take a break. Sorry, this is like a super fast intro, but we have a lot to say about this book. All right. We'll talk to you in a minute. Hi there. Howdy. I'm Asha Rourke. I'm Kendall Shaw. And we want to tell you about our podcast, That, that Pretentious Book Club. Once a week, we release a new episode about a book of our choosing, old, new, beloved, and hated. Some of the books that we've done so far are Pride and Prejudice, Raven Boys, Clockwork Angel, Jane Eyre, and more. Blacksmiths? Yeah, obviously that's cool. I'm talking what about- What blacksmiths do? It's stability. <laughs> One time when I was in New Mexico with some friends, we were at Billy's grave and Sabrina literally said, sorry, your boyfriend's dead. The tension in this room is off the charts right now. Oof, that was really, really hard. And honestly, I'm really proud of myself. And I feel like I did my best. <laughs> it's really good. Come be my wife. It won't be that bad. It'll be a little bad. It'll be all right. We can do Taco Tuesday. <laughs> you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for That Pretentious Book Club. And follow us on Instagram, too. So come visit the club. And until then, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club pretentious. Welcome back, guys. And remember, if you have not read The Last Stand of Mary Goodcrow, you're going to want to stop right here and go pick it up and read it before you continue. So let's talk favorite characters. Oh, yes. So I struggled in this book a little bit. I didn't love many people. I think Mary and Josie were my favorite characters out of everybody. Mary, just because she was so unique, uh, I appreciated her struggles. And I just loved all of the chapters that had her focus because of the way she thought. And Josie, because she was so mm. intelligent, like she had a plan. She was going to make it happen. She was ready to go and nothing was going to stop or get in her way. And that is something I'm like, yeah, girl, you get that treasure. You're going to get this done. I love it. <laughs> and I didn't feel very strongly about either one. Like I usually do. Um, like, in Nice Dragons Finished Last, I'm very passionate about Chelsea, very passionate about Julian, um, even Marcy, though Marcy got on my nerves occasionally. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I'm not really fond of too many people in this book. Yeah, I, I had a hard time. Like, they'll never stick out as my favorite characters of all time by any means, but there were definitely characters that I liked more than others. So Josie really grew on me. 
I really liked her determination and her intelligence. I really appreciated like she had a plan and she had the brains to back up that plan and she was going to get it done. <laughs> and that was just like, I like characters like that. Like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. You've got the plan. Let's do the plan. <laughs> I did like Rel. I really liked her hard headedness and, you know, hard headedness and a gun go a long way in the Wild West. So she is fully equipped. Though I'm not, I wasn't thrilled with her towards the end. Didn't like her towards the end. Like, I really, like, I thought she was going to be my favorite character at the beginning. And by the end of the book, I'm like, I don't like you anymore. (laughs) Which is why I'm talking about her right now, because I'm like, I don't know. I could love her in the next one. I could also hate her in the next one. I don't know. Yeah, I know. God, it's so hard, isn't it? It is. And then... I loved Mary. I loved getting to watch her open up and um, actually start trusting people again. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. And I really liked her power and the fact that she could hear the crystal. And that was really cool. I liked her and Josie's relationship. Like they were just like good friends, good girl pals. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's so important to have like not mean women being mean to one another. Yes. I really loved that Josie was like her Josie's determination is what broke through Mary's reluctance mm-hmm. to open up. And I appreciate that dynamic. Yes. All right. What about least favorite characters? Well, there's a whole slew. Um, all the miners are crazy. Apache Jake was a little terrifying. The woman he worked for, I forgot what her name was. I, they were awful people because they just kept using everyone. Um, yeah. I think the next, like, least favorite was Rel's dad was a evil, bad SOB. You know what I mean? Like, I think for the fact that a pretty sure Apache Jake and his, not owner, what's the word? And his boss knew who killed Rel's mom and brother, but withheld the information and then... Rel's dad knew too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all are just awful. Just toying with this person's emotions. And like, Rel has all the potential of being a good person, a good human. He was just jacked up, you know? Yeah. I agree. Rel's dad is an evil POS. Um, I wasn't sure about him in the beginning. I was like, maybe he actually does have Rel's best interest at heart and then like he started getting iffier towards the halfway point in the book and obviously by the end I'm going nope 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 bad 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 (laughs) so much bad I just yeah and Apache Jake and his boss like the three of them together using Rel as a pawn the way they did was just absolutely horrible Mm -hmm. because Rel is so young anyways like late teenager i think i don't remember exactly yeah i don't quite i but, i felt like the maybe, ages were i like i assumed everyone was like 20 ish yeah but i mean rel is still young enough that like she's very easy to manipulate because she's a very emotional person and i just i hated that they all did that to her mm-hmm. everyone used and abused her and it was awful Mm-hmm. It made me really upset. Like, yeah. And pretty much everybody in town, miners and everybody else with the way that they treated Mary. Ugh. Like, 
that that one chapter that was in Mary's POV and she was thinking about how she was going to get food and she went to the bar because she was like, oh, there's that one bartender that doesn't hate me and actually will like have sympathy on me and give me something to eat. Mm -hmm. And then you immediately find out he's dead. Yeah. died the day previously in like a bar fight and you're like what and you're like but this kid needs to eat i know i was like are you kidding me she can't have one friend so i was upset by that um the other character i really didn't like was john jake i see potential in him for later books but in this one he's stuck with the soldiers and i hate all the soldiers because they suck mm-hmm and so by association, he sucks too. Like on his own, I didn't mind him. But the second he was with any of the other soldiers, I was like, nope, nope. No, thank you, sir. All right. So what were your favorite scenes? I love when they first get down initially in the caves and they start seeing, oh God, what is it? Um, so they get down, they get to the mother load and they're coming down the ladder and there's like this waterfall and they see all this crystal and the way that it was described which is beautiful rainbow of colors you see the big mother load um as well just was beautiful i absolutely loved it you know oh yeah for sure that's actually the first one i have listed too the i loved where they found the big cave like that description of everything was just like oh that's so pretty right Oh, I was like, yes, I love this so much. It did kind of worry me, though. It's like we were maybe halfway through the book when they found it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I thought this entire book was going to be they find the load at the end. But oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Got a little dicey, didn't it? Uh, I got a lot dicey. Yeah. But it was good. Good diciness. Any other scenes you really liked? I appreciate when Josie got to the mining company and she got to her uncle's library and I'm like, mm. and she's like, I know he left me something and I know it had to be very specific to me. And like, basically Sam Price left her a riddle to solve. And she's like, Oh, solved it. <laughs> I'm so smart. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, you I love that. That was cute. Mm-hmm. All bad when she got there and everything was ransacked, but she also, she just made like, she made, she made lemonade out of, she made lemonade out of lemons. I really appreciate that about her. Yeah. She's definitely that glass half full kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much anything that involved Josie. I really like like her with her adventuring outfit, um, going into the caverns and Mary's like, Oh, and Rel's like, Oh, I don't know about this outfit. And she's like, it's fine guys. It's all I got. Okay. <laughs> and then like round two, she figures out I should wear jeans and wear, you know, other crap. And I was like, yeah, girl, mm-hmm. you got this. But yeah. I love that. Yes. So I really loved, uh, the scene of the three girls signing the contract in the big cave. I enjoyed the mm-hmm. fact that Mary was like so hesitant to do it at all. And that's where like Josie really starts first breaking down her walls and going, no, I swear to you, I really want you to have an equal portion. Please just sign this. So it's like, legally, I can back it up when we get out of here. 
Right. Well, but no one's ever shown her that kindness. And so she was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know what I mean? So I get why she was so hesitant, kind of freaking out about it. Oh, I get it. But I love that Josie was so insistent on it, too. Yeah. It's just like their dynamic is great. <laughs> I loved Rel's opening that makes you think she's a guy at first. <laughs> right. I was so confused. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I know that took me by surprise so much. I literally went back a couple pages and reread stuff. I'm like, I'm not going crazy. They guy, she's a guy, but no, she's a girl. Oh, she's masquerading as a guy. I get it. It took a minute. Definitely took a minute where I was like, I, was, I remember texting you. I'm like, Abby, I'm confused. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Just keep going. It's fine, Mo. <laughs> that was confusing, but I actually loved that twist. I was like, yes. That was such a good twist because just the way it was written, it was so well written. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was like, I got a twist within the first three chapters. Beautiful. I just, that's beautiful. Um, I also loved the mystery around who Josie was and the fact that she and Rel knew each other previously. I loved that it was kind of a mystery how she's his niece. Are you sure? No, she's not actually his niece. She was pretending to be his niece. But she's actually his heir. Like, intellectually. Oh, kind of confusing. I know, but, but, but she is like, I love that twist. That was so good. Where it's like, oh, yes. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care if Josie is like the person or not. Like, she she deserves it because she, ooh, kicks some butt. Right. The fact that she put all that work in and actually had the brains to back it it was like, oh, good, good things, good things. And then the last scene that I really adored was the whole sequence of Mary ending up in a dress. Oh, I know, but it was so cute. It was, it was adorable. I loved that it was like, it was kind of forced on her, but she was also kind of like, huh, this is interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And then parading around town in a big pink dress, like, that was fun. Yeah, and she's like, I am so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, guys. And Joey's like, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep going. Yeah, her inner monologue was the best. (laughs) I was like, don't worry about it. All right. Least favorite scenes? Anything that involved the army I did not enjoy. Like, especially, like, I felt like Colonel Custer's last stand being thrown in there was pointless. I'm like... I mean, I know it's a, an important historical relevant event, but I felt like it had nothing to do with this plot. Like the um, Indians never came. They never did anything. The whole plot of the story revolved around the Whitmans instead and their crazy fullness. I don't know. I, unless it's going to like be put into motion with the next book. Great. It, it just did not feel it. Just, it I don't know. It, it was so slow that it, those chapters made me lose interest very quickly. Rel's dad uh, taking over Rel's body. Oh my goodness gracious. Things of nightmares right there. You know? Oh my gosh. That was terrifying. I was like, oh my gosh. Nope. 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 Not good. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. Basically any of the scenes that were from Jean-Jacques point of view, I was just like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No, I have no interest. Like I, I was interested in him when Mary saved him, 
And then after that, every time he showed up and it was his POV, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't care about you, man. <laughs> it was a lot of boring military talk and um, some racism because it's 1866. <sighs> mm-hmm. And so those chapters were just like kind of depressing to read, honestly. And I, every time I hit one, I kept getting hung up and like having to push through. <laughs> Yeah. To get back to the girls. And yeah, I think the whole Custer's last stand thing being thrown in was mostly for historical context. Yeah, but it was so pointless. Like it just, it just, I just took away from the story. I mean, I, I mean, I like that, you know, she talked about the black cavalrymen and that was relevant and how, um, John Luke or John, John Jack, whatever his name is, Mm -hmm. like how he, you know, befriended the black sergeant and everything. But I was like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this crap, guys. I care about Mary. I think there's too many point of views. I think we should have stopped with Brel, Mary and Josie and screw the army guys, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, I almost feel like I would have enjoyed watching the Battle of Custer because I feel like it might be relevant to later books. Mm -hmm. But I would have wanted to actually see it rather than having it described through a messenger who escaped the battle, you know? Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, it was one of those either I needed that extra point of view where I got to see the battle itself or I needed to just not worry about the military guys at all. Mm-hmm. So, say lovey. It's fine. It is what it is. Exactly. So, what did you end up giving this book? I gave it a 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it almost was a 3, but it, it, it was okay. I don't know. It it was well written. It was kind of slow pace. I don't... I didn't, I was going really fast and then I stopped caring about it and my stop caring really ended up with the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was definitely a hard book for me to get through. Cause normally Rachel Aaron is one of those authors that I like devour her stuff. But I think because this was a Western, it kind of, it slowed it down for me anyways. And just like, it didn't all work for me. Yeah. Like it's still well-written just like all her other books, it is well-written. It's still some very engaging characters. There are some great world-building aspects that I absolutely loved, like the crystal and um, the different Indian tribes and how they were treating it differently and just things like that that I found really interesting that I wanted to know more about. I mean, I wanted, like, Mary to end up going to the Indians and getting, like, see what's going on with them or, like, some point of view out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm here for this, you know? I hope she does that in a later book because, I mean, she already went to her Lakota tribe and yeah. was there for, like, a year and then was told, get out for no apparent reason. So, I mean, I don't blame her for not having gone back during this book, but I would like to see her go back at some point because I feel like there's something big that's being missed. Well, I mean, I assume she's going to go back 
considering the ending of the book, I assume she's going to go back to the Lakota tribe and do something. I don't know what. I mean, I don't know, but I'm excited. Like, I, I will, of course, read the next book because it's Rachel Aaron. And maybe this was just very rarely do I ever feel like, oh, no, I didn't like this book. And I'm wondering, so I read all of the Dragon Books, oh, Heart Tracker series, um, as an ebook, And I listened to all of the DFZ as audiobooks. And I wonder how this would translate as an audiobook if I would like it more or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, cause I listened to all the heart strikers and all the DFZ books on audiobooks, And I read the first two of the paradox trilogy physically. I have the physical books, so I don't know. I feel like this could be a really good audiobook, but I'm not sure if I would enjoy it more or less. Um, I ended up giving this four stars, uh, just because It's a very solid book. I wouldn't say it's outstanding by any means. And I appreciate it that she tried something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure she has all of these ideas in her head and that she just needs to like, you know, spit them out. Yeah. It's one of those, I appreciate that you did something new. I still like you and your writing, but I'm not sure it worked for me personally. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I will definitely read the next one when it comes out, but I'm not going, I'm not going to like sit down and drop all my other books for it like I did for this one. I also, I couldn't find the tweet, but I follow her on Twitter and I'm pretty sure that when she started writing this book was after 2020 with COVID and all that. Mm -hmm. And this book is a product of where she was mentally during that time. Uh, from my understanding, from her Twitter account. And again, I couldn't find the tweet again because it was a while ago. But I think that probably had um, something to do with this as well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I didn't hate it. It's definitely not ever going to be a favorite book, but I do want to read the next one. I think that would be good. Well, Abby, when... Let's see, is she someone that drops them pretty regularly or when does she drop them typically? Um, she was dropping them really regularly for a while. And then like the COVID hit and um, threw her off her game for a while. Like it did for yeah. a lot of people. But I know for a fact that she is working on the next one. So maybe next year. Okay. I'll be okay with that. Yeah. I read it. Well, guys, well, Abby, well, you had, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What was your thought? Oh, I was just going to say, I might get, wait for the audiobook for the next one and see if that helps my enjoyment. Yeah, I can definitely concur with that, too. I don't know, we'll see. Sometimes things happen. And we don't have to love every single book we read, right? I mean, I don't love every single book Mercedes Lackey wrote, and she's still my favorite author. Yep. All right. Well, guys, that's what we have. Short episode, quick episode. Obviously, we did not have a lot to gush about or talk about. It was good. It wasn't as excited. I was more excited about it when that it came out. Less excitement that I read it. But I'll still read the second one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. All right.
Talk to you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.